There goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Spooge. Hello, you are listening to Grape Culture, the podcast where we talk about wine, pop culture and feminism. I'm Kim. I'm Sam. And we hope you enjoy the show. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the festive romance catered all the way, which is a book by Annabeth Albert. But before we get into that, wine, what is it, Kim? Why is it here? Tell me its life story. (laughs) (laughs) I have a posh bottle of fizz for us. It is the Marshall Richard Lemoux Cremant de Lemoux 2020 vintage. It is a fizz. I got it from Naked Wines. Nice. The reasons are thusly. It's our Christmas episode and therefore fizz. Yay! And Yay! our last episode of 2023. And our last episode of 2023. Yeah. But also there is a significant champagne in this book that champagne. forms like an emotional part of the story. And we, as have we've said before, don't have champagne on a Tuesday money. But mm-hmm. I did happen to be placing an order with Naked Wines. So I thought, why not get one of their fancy Christmassy fizzes and put it aside for this episode. Cheers. Cheers. Merry Christmas. Merry, merry. Tastes like bubbles. Tastes like bubbles. Tastes like bubbles. Nice. Nice bubbles. Fizzy. Were there any tasting notes? Oh, yes. (laughs) This vintage, dated and exclusive cuvee, is the result of a delicate assemblage of Chardonnay and Chenin Blanc. Aged for more than 30 months in our cellar. Thanks to seven generations of passion of the Gazio family, this handcrafted wine offers a fresh yet complex nose full of delicate citrus aromas. I hope you angels enjoy our special cremant just for you. Bless. Thanks, Francoise and Baptiste Gazio. Things you can say about your wine, but not about your partner, aged in the cellar for 30 months. <laughs> So we have some bubbles to go with our bubbly festive reading choice. Yes. The book that we are talking about today is once again Catered All the Way. Catered All Gay. Way by Annabeth Albert. Now, this was in amongst some books that were recommended to me by the hosts over at When in Romance from Book Riot. I don't remember if this one specifically was on the list that they sent me or another list that they had on the website. But I did send in a request and they sent me a bunch of Christmassy queer books. Nice. And this was the one that I landed on for a number of reasons, not least that it was the one that we thought sounded the most fun. We, we talked about we wanted to do something lighthearted for the Christmas episode. We wanted to do something romantic. We wanted to do something Christmassy. And I opted for a book because why not? Mm-hmm. And I personally love to read a queer Christmas story at Christmas. So Catered All The Way is that. It is a queer, festive holiday romance. Mm. It follows two characters, Zebediah Seasons. Fucking ridiculous names. And Atlas Orion. (sighs) Yeah. Just let that sink in for a minute, because that's like the best. Yeah. Who are both in the small town of Kringle's Crossing. (laughs) Absolutely bad. For the festive season running from Thanksgiving to New Year's. That is because Zeb's older brother Gabe runs the Seasons Family restaurant event space. Yeah, what is this gift space? Shop. Yeah. It's a gift shop and event space. Obviously, yeah. Apparently. That's seasonally themed. That's seasonally themed. And Zeb helps out with, with that because it was a family, it's a family establishment. It was run by their parents. Mm-hmm. And Atlas is Gabe's best friend who is also a Navy SEAL and from a uh, slightly dysfunctional background and hasn't returned to Kringle's Crossing for quite a while. (laughs) But Gabe and his wife Paige, who also happens to be Atlas's cousin, are expecting twins that are due on Christmas Day. No, they were due on New Year's Day. Uh, Oh, they were due on New Year's Day. They were born on Christmas Eve. Eve. So they need the extra help, basically. And so they're working together in a, a series of events, weddings, christenings, bar mitzvahs, etc. And for reasons, Atlas has to say with Zeb rather than with Gabe, his best friend, because the house is too full. Mm-hmm. And Atlas stays with Zeb and Zeb's always had a crush on Atlas. So he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to like hit on him this year. And Atlas is remarkably receptive to that, mm-hmm. despite never having had any kind of same-sex feelings, same-sex feelings before. 
or it seems that many sexual feelings before anyway and there's only one bed because the air mattress doesn't work and they can't (laughs) buy a new one yeah god forbid god forbid and then yeah lots of lots of sexy time and feelings ensue but of course they can't be together because he's zeb is gabe's little brother and atlas is shipping out on new year's day but they never discuss this because they never talk about anything don't talk about your feelings but of course because it's a romance with a capital r it's all right in the end yeah and there's a dog called snowy fucking stupid name i mean carries on the the theme yeah the twins are called plum and pine awful names awful awful names awful i mean you could do you could do better than that you could do anything Angela and Stella. Christmassy. What's wrong Not with, that you'd want that. What's wrong with Holly. Nick? Holly. Nick. Nick and Holly. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Eve. Noel. <laughs> Noel and Noel. Yeah, yeah anyway. exactly. Plum and pie. Call um, it fucking cinnamon and... I mean, they sound like a candle is what I'm saying. Mince meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And also, it should be noted that Zeb smells like cinnamon and sugar. All the time. I mean, it's a nice change from male protagonist smelling like salt and pine, which is the usual one of mm. like he smelled like whiskey. Why? Wood smoke. Wood smoke. Wood smoke and cold Leather. air. Yeah. Which, to be fair, I'm into. But there we go. Sam, what did you think? What did I think? It was exactly what I thought it was going to be, which is a frothy nonsense, which is you know, it very enjoyable, but also frothy nonsense. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't really go much further than that. I mean, I had many feelings about. Many of the stupid names, many of the, like, ah, oh, who's going to come into seasons today? Let's make up a character that no one's ever going to see again. But it was a festive romp. It was a festive romp. Yeah. What did you think? I also thought that it was a festive romp. Right. I really, I, I enjoyed it. Leave it like that. No. I didn't enjoy it as much as some other festive romances that I've had. There was not enough, frankly, peppermint hot chocolate for me. Um... <laughs> There wasn't that much emphasis, for considering that it takes place in an event space and there's a cook and stuff. There wasn't that much emphasis on the on the food, which I usually find in these things is um, quite yeah. integral. And also festive, like, traditions and stuff. There, there was a few, but it was all very... They were, It was more about them forging their own little love nest kind of thing. Yeah. And then helping other people do their Christmas stuff rather yeah. than actually them partaking of Christmas. So for a festive romance, it, it missed a few notes for me. But for a modern romance, there was a lot that I really liked about it. And I've seen this more and more, but like I've read a lot of romances in the last few years and the heavy handedness of issues of consent or coming out with a queer identity or anything like that has got less and less and less and it's been much more natural and I thought this was one of the most like natural Mm. that wasn't the anxiety that wasn't the stress that wasn't the fear considering that a lot of the plot hinges on miscommunication they were very communicative they were very they talked through a lot of things a lot of the points where I thought it was going to be a misunderstanding it wasn't a misunderstanding in fact it wasn't ever really a misunderstanding yeah and it you know it did acknowledge things around consent and your you know first sexual experiences and things like that but in a way that wasn't kind of like and remember you have to do this it just yeah. it felt much more true like natural and true to life of how those conversations might go where like one minute you're having a conversation the next minute you're arguing about what kind of pizza to get <laughs> yeah. um so i liked a lot of that and it did the same thing very lightly with um some mental health stuff as well which i also appreciated but at the same time, I think because nothing had teeth and there wasn't ever really a point where they really had a rift and they don't like each other and they think the other one doesn't like each other or there's real jeopardy in the the potential loss of a friendship or anything like that, mm. real risk, it didn't hit as hard for me personally. But yeah, so... There was a lot to like. It, like you say, it was it was frothy nonsense, but in an enjoyable way. But I felt like, you know, I learned a bit through it, which was an interesting experience. What did you learn? I learned the word frot. Yeah, which I, is not a nice word in itself. I no, don't think, but... but they seem to enjoy it. So yeah. good for them. I didn't know that. 
I didn't uh, know that it specifically meant that. Yeah. And well, what does it mean? According to my Kindle, it means it's a word that deri- that means penis to penis touching. Funky like, to funky. <laughs> it's male sexual, male male sexual acts that are not penetrative, and it originally arose out of a distaste for penetrative anal sex, but actually now has evolved to mean any kind of act without implying that distaste. Which I was, I was just really interested by that. I like to learn new words. Not one I think I'll be sharing at sort of, you know, word of the day chats with, <laughs> with the fam or yeah. whatever, but, you know. See, it's, it, yeah, because it's a derivative, whatever it's called, shortening, abbreviation, that's the one, mm. of the word frottage, which sounds like fromage, which is, is not related, <laughs> but which means to, like, rub sexually, essentially, essentially so covers a lot of different acts but frott is specifically within the gay community mm. as a term as you said um but the reason i know that word is because someone once used it on america's next top model really yeah 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 interesting so the more you know the more you know <laughs> never came up in all my time working in the sex industry no just came up on America's Next Top Model. Yeah, not not one not one that I'd heard before. Anyways, that was interesting. What didn't you like about this? I don't feel like it was particularly well paced. Mm. It was very much like here's a man who has never shown any sort of same sex attraction or anything, and within hours is kissing his best friend's brother, and then they are having a full on romantic relationship. Yeah. It, like in a matter of days yeah and then suddenly he has to go and then oh look it's new year it, i felt like it was just very very quick mm. and the there weren't many kind of peaks and troughs yeah it was all just kind of peak and then one trough and then peak again yeah yeah a blip a minor yeah. blip yeah a, minor yeah. Bli- yeah a bliplet when he must go to a secret location for reasons which the author can't <laughs> tell you because she'd have to kill you so, I can't flesh this yeah. part of the plot it was very secret it was very convenient of like ah that we're in the desert cool we have to go up a mountain now and there's a helicopter so I, th- I thought I thought the pacing was it was a bit strange but then you know it's just a sort of quick easy read so how yeah. much can you really put in it and I didn't really give a shit about any of the other characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, m- maybe, maybe Nix, and maybe Auntie, whatever her name was. Um, Lucy. Auntie Lucy. Aunt Lucy. Aunt Lucy. Who is yeah. Alice's aunt. Yeah, Paige's but, mother. Yeah, but also somehow auntie to everybody as well. In the way of things. In the way of things. Yeah. But beyond that, I didn't really care about anyone else. So that was what I didn't like, but it was also like, I don't need to. And it's not making me need an emotional reaction to anyone else. No. Gabe annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bit annoying. Yeah. But yeah, there was, for a book that I felt like fleshed out quite a lot of people's backstories, I didn't care about their backstories. Mm-mm. And normally I do, like normally I care about the the extras, basically, and and I didn't particularly, I really didn't care about the babies. <laughs> Couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> but yeah, there was... I agree with you. The pacing was odd, especially because it sets it up to be quite slow paced because it talks about like it's a month till Christmas. Yeah. Stuff like that. Every chapter heading opens with how many days of Christmas shopping there is. (laughs) I just felt like there was missing links in some of the the backstory that she, the author, knew that hadn't told us. Yeah. Basically. And speaking of pacing... And peaks, peaks, peaks. <laughs> like, they've been together less than a year. Mm. A year, basically. Le- no, 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 less than. And they get engaged. People do it. I know, but I really, it really bothers me in modern romances that every epilogue is marriage, marriage or a baby. But I just, I think that it, I mean, you and I have both been with our partners for a significant amount of years. It doesn't negate, or it shouldn't negate, the love that you have for someone if you don't have that story. But then I just, I would like to see more stories that don't have that. That don't have, we got married after six months because we just couldn't stop being around each other. Marriage feels like a full stop in a romance novel to mm. me. Like a 
we need something to finish this. What's the ultimate end? Marriage. And obviously, as you just said, it's not the ultimate end. It's just... No, it's just a thing that can happen. Yeah. But it's the thing is, it's a thing that can happen after a year. It's the thing that can happen after 10 years. It's the thing that can happen after 30 years. Mm-hmm. But you never see the other two. No. <laughs> and I think that sort of annoyed me. Yeah. Honestly, though, the, 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 the dislike that I had the most mm. in this book was certain aspects of language... One which I haven't mentioned to you yet. Oh. We we have been talking off mic. We share a distaste for the same quote. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I really hate, and I didn't. I don't realize that I hate it until it's happening on the page. People calling their romantic partners baby. <laughs> yeah, fair. And. That happens a lot, and it's specifically that Atlas calls Zeb baby, who, and he's not, I know that you can't necessarily judge someone for not having had those experiences beforehand, but it's so, like, possessive, affectionate, intimate, and icky (laughs) for someone who, by his own standards, has had very few partners and never had a male sexual partner. It just felt very weird to me and it really, really took me out of it. Really, really hate it. Not a fan. Also, I mean, I call the cat baby. So when I, when people on the page come for are me, being, baby. Yeah, exactly. When people on the page are going, yeah, come for me, baby. I'm like, hello, baby. <laughs> hello, sweetie. Hello, sweetie, baby. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. no. I just, I, I, uh, that also was jarring for me. Yeah. And I think it's, it's one thing when it's in the daytime so to speak. Um, It's always specifically in sexual scenarios and that, if anything, it feels like a daytime intimacy, not a after dark intimacy. It's not mm, infantilising language in the bedroom. I mean, you know, for some people that is their thing and fine. But, yeah, yeah, to I eat also... your own. I'm not. I'm, I don't want to yuck someone else's yum. If, it get, if, if this is your thing and this gets you off, great. But I don't like it. Yeah. And so for me, reading this book, I really, really hated it. Yeah. We, we've we talked before about like the, you know, obviously there is a personal preference in terms of language, a certain language that's used and particularly in erotic scenes. But yeah, I think also the fact that, yeah, they didn't know each other very well. It was jarring. But, you know, <clears throat> other items of language that I did not enjoy. <laughs> this, this book shows some interesting phrases. Yeah, and there was I think because there was this kind of coaching and learning element of someone who's not had the sexual experiences that the other person has had. Exactly, yeah. there was a lot more talking in the bedroom than I think there necessarily always is. In a way that wasn't just dirty talk. Yeah, yeah or yeah. wasn't just like encouraging moans or like yes, oh yes. It was a lot more kind of like, is this, which is completely fine. Like, is this okay? Or what about this? Or how do I do this? Or whatever. Mm. Which. Included the phrase. <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this on a recording. It's going to last. Was, this is the this is the best part of this book is hearing you read bits of it. <sighs> I've tasted my own spooge lots of times. Color rose up in his face as he gave me as he gave a nervous chuckle. I'm good. Come when you want, baby. There is so much wrong with that. Just dissect that three, sentence. Like three, four sentences. I tasted my own. Spooge. Right. Spooge. First of all, spooge. Who in a sexy setting is saying spooge? It's like someone saying spunk. It's it's boys. Like the the only thing that made me laugh about that was that like this is a boy who doesn't who is forgetting that he's in a sexy situation and he's talking to boys. Yeah, there was a bit of that. And then also, this is a woman writing men having sex. Yes, as well. true. Good point. But yeah, tasted my own spooge. Spooge. Nervous chuckle. It's too late now. You said you've been tasting your own You just said spooge, mate. You said spooge. And and then, of course, come when you want, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, that... (laughs) Didn't love that. It's a pretty good summation of, like, how I found some of the sexual scenes jarring. And I love me a filthy romance. And I was slightly taken aback by the earliness of sex scenes Mm. in this book. But, you know... Some books are like that, and some books they fade to black, and some books they have their first sexy time at approximately 60%. But some books it takes 479 pages. <laughs> yeah. But it just, 
there was so much jarring about it and perhaps you're right perhaps it is women writing men but i have never encountered that before in fact if anything i find it tends to go the other way Mm. with women writing same-sex male sex scenes this was very much more like yeah like you say lads lads not just i've tasted myself why why yeah why spooge why spooge like it's a weird word to include but is it a weird word because we don't use it or is it a weird word i don't know how much you actually describe sexual acts in romances I don't know. Well, after no. the fact, no. Oh yeah, no. I've really enjoyed meeting. Mr. I really Darcy. enjoyed I've you. really enjoyed all the blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> it is a truth universally acknowledged. <laughs> the single man in possession of abortion must be in want of a blowjob. Yeah, you get on your knees for those ten thousand a year. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, hell! But yeah, I I think there was jarring language mm. throughout this book. It was very jarring. Um, but it did remind me of A Witch's Guide to Fake Dating a Demon, which we did a few episodes yeah. back. Because that also had some things about, like, eating you out or whatever. Like, the phrasing was very kind of, are you ten and in a school playground? <laughs> like, what? Why would you say that when you're naked with another human being? And I think that there are some romance books and rom-coms that manage to do awkward phrasing or, like... The, the stuff that you say in Sex Time where it's like, oh, that's not particularly flowery and romantic. That's just slightly awkward. <laughs> and make it funny. But th- yeah. this didn't feel like it was doing that. No. This felt like these phrases were supposed to be sexy. Yeah. Yeah. We need a spoogeometer with this, with this episode. Every time we say it, someone has to take a shot or give a pound to charity or something. Every time you say spooge and Angel loses their wing. Every time Angel gets jizzed on. Oh. Yeah, it was it was it was a strange one and yeah. There were a few other quotes that were very strange. One was that I highlighted. The other one I had was like it was about how troubled Atlas was or how he was coming to terms with himself or whatever. So broody. So broody. I would happily be his recharging port. What? I'll recharge what? your port. <laughs> I'll port your recharge. And there was also a lot of like weird military kind of metaphors. And gaming ones. And gaming metaphors. Because Zeb is a gamer. Yeah. A game streamer. And he's very successful. G-A-Y-M-E-R. We. Yeah. And he like has a whole chat about his love life with his followers, which was really weird. If you ever watch streamers, they just talk about anything. I know, but I still found it weird to be like on the page. Mm. It's a one-sided conversation on the page, and you're well. It's if, if it's a first-person story, it's already a one-sided conversation. Yeah. So yeah, I um, found uh, yeah, I found that all a bit odd. <laughs> but yes, that there were a lot of weird double entendres. Yes. Um, yes. And then there was also stuff that was just plain weird, which we talked about, which is that. As mentioned, Zeb's brother, Atlas's best friend Gabe, mm-hmm. his wife is expecting twins. The twins are born on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Isn't that lovely? In a snowstorm. In a snowstorum, and they're called Plum and Pine. Yeah. And they're very cute and they get held straight away and blah, 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 blah. And then on Christmas Day, Atlas and Zeb have penetrative sex for the first time. And it's wonderful and, and brilliant and they obviously are both excellent at it. And Atlas's huge dong is not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But then in the middle of it, and I do mean in the middle of it, like Dick is thrust, in thrusting yeah. is happening. Yeah. Zeb looks at Atlas and is like, I saw awe and wonder in his face and it was the same look that he had when he saw the babies or something. No. And I was like, no. why are you thinking about the babies right no. now? No. Why are you writing about the babies right now? No. Don't like this. Don't no. want it. Make it stop. It was very, yeah, why? Like, obviously the link was not that, it's not meant to be a creepy link, but oh. it was just a, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could have yeah, done this way better. That's weird. So earlier on, you mentioned the title, which again is catered all the way. What did you think about the title and the contents of this book do you feel like they were well matched and do you think it's a good title anyway or not leading question your honor (laughs) (laughs) the title and may i add the cover 
I think, give a different impression yeah. than the the book itself gave. The cover led me to think that there was going this was going to be a slower burn, a little bit more like getting in each other's way and like flirting around each other and being clumsy and being awkward and then realizing that actually no they did both like each other and 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 that's yeah. that's the sort of thing that happens and then they get together. Yeah. Rather than they literally get together at I think it was at 15% 20% <laughs> of the book. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one awkward clumsy moment and the rest of it is like yeah. fine and they're like capable and sexy and awesome. And you're like, okay, I thought the whole point was that this was going to be like a comedy. I think the cut offered more comedy. And I think Catered All The Way also kind of suggests that because it suggests that it's more workplacey. Yeah. Like they do, they are working together, but they're also living together. And the work takes a very, it's, it, it could be anywhere. The fact that we didn't know what this place is. Could be a bar. Could like have been a restaurant could have been they a weren't shop could have been yeah it wasn't that sense of like catering there weren't like kitchen mishaps there wasn't even any sexy work time except for like one storeroom cupboard yeah and... one snog in a cupboard yeah oh, snog I haven't had the word snog in a while snog snog's a good word I mean it's a terrible word but it's, it's a terrible it's, word it's, it's... it would put me off in a romance novel but I enjoyed it but yeah it it promised more work it promised more food yeah as I said earlier there was very little of the Christmas food <laughs> mhm. And I want the Christmas food. <laughs> yeah. The best food description was the pizza. Yeah. In a in a book that promises in catering, I expect there to be talking about food. So the title and the cover felt more like they came up with a title because it was Christmassy and made it work. But even then, catered is not a play on jingle all the way or whatever. Like it's it's a completely different word. Well, they couldn't have had single all the way because that's almost certainly already one. True, but catered it had nothing like it. Jingle balls. It wasn't clever. It wasn't really related to the plot. No. What would you have called it instead? Oh, I guess if you're going to go with such outlandish names as Atlas Orion and Zebediah Seasons, Seasons something. Seasons. Tis the damn season. Yeah, <laughs> Seasons meetings yeah. worked. Yeah. So no, the title was bullshit. You've got to learn to form an opinion, Sam. I know, I'm very, I'm so <laughs> indecisive. It just annoyed me because it was lazy <laughs> and irrelevant. I, I enjoyed yeah. it, but I agree. The title made no sense and promised a completely different book. Who did you picture for both of the roles? Oh, my favourite question. Now that needs a minute, hold on. Because I did sort of picture someone for Atlas. I picture someone very clearly for Zeb, but I don't think it's entirely accurate. I feel like maybe I was thinking of like Charlie Hannum or something. Really? But I don't yeah. think that that's right. I just, I think when I think of muscular people, I think of Charlie Hannum. Right. I'm just like, you know, just cash scrolling through. Yeah. <laughs> Muscled men. Worst way to spend the evening. Or Alex Pettifer. Alex Pettifer? Really? Yeah. I, again, okay. like from 20 years ago when he was in some show. Okay. I was trying. I was thinking of some kind of muscular blonde person. But he's. But Atlas is dark. I know. Okay, that's weird. But fair. But I was thinking of some kind of muscular blonde person, but they di- they would dye his hair, right. and I don't know why. I just think that that's where my brain went. Okay. Fair. Whereas with Zeb, I was thinking like a Nick Miller from New Girl kind of person. Oh, interesting. But okay. young. Okay. See, I was picturing the guy that is Modern Family, Jesse Tyler thingy. Ah, interesting. Uh, yeah, but like obviously younger. Yeah. Right? Because they make a big deal about his auburn hair and his beard. So, yeah. The other person that I think of when I think of sexually muscular people is Shamar Moore off of Criminal Minds. Right. Who we discussed before, I think. Who I, yes, <clears throat> I definitely discussed him before. Who is Billy Elliot? The guy who is Billy Oh, Elliot. Jamie Bell. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Zeb. Taron Edgerton. 
Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Taron yes. Edgerton. He is the other attractive muscular man. You're correct. He is. Yeah. The, he is the third. Yeah. In my three kings. Yes. <laughs> three kings. <laughs> three kings of muscular men that yeah. I find attractive. We three kings, kings of men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've cast it, Hollywood. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, we've renamed it. Yeah. And we'll rewrite it if you like. But Ebenezer Spooge. Ebenezer Spooge. There goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Spooge. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, I think that we need a break. Yeah, I completely agree. So we'll be back after the break to talk some more about Catered all the way, what we thought of it as a holiday romance genre, how we would write our own holiday romance, and we're going to drink more wine. So we'll see you in a bit. Bye. Bye. So we're back from break. We are still drinking the fizz that I have forgotten the name of. Kim, what's it called? <laughs> this is the Marshal Richard Lemoux, Cremant de Lemoux. Mais I don't oui. know that I'm pronouncing that right, but de I Lemoux. like how it sounds. Yeah, so. I, I enjoy it. And, you know, remix. So, yeah, how are you finding this French fizz? Burpee. Mm, yeah, I agreed. There was a point that it was a little bit bitter, mm. which I wasn't expecting from a Cremant, which I might expect from a Prosecco. But... It went away very quickly. Huh. It was somewhere in the middle. Um, mostly I'm finding it dangerously easy drinking. Quaffable. It's closer, in my mind, to a champagne than a Prosecco is. It's making me less drunk than champagne, though. I don't mm. know how you feel about that. Yes, I agree. But I almost feel like Flavor-wise. the headache is, is more likely. Lingering. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's mm. perfectly nice. And I like festive. the and festive. It does feel very festive. Mm. How about you? Good. Yeah, I, I am also enjoying it. It is. It does lack that acidity of a Prosecco, like you say, but it lacks the heady bubbles heady of bubbles. champagne. Uh, so we're both enjoying the wine. That's nice. Yeah. I think we have we both enjoyed, but have thoughts on the book so far. Yes, I agree. Yes. So we picked this and you picked this because it was a holiday. Mm. Which kind of holiday romance tropes did you see in this book? Well, I think we already mentioned Fever's only one bed. <laughs> because Amazon Air mattresses are shit. I just, that was... That was awful. And it's such a small, it's never like, come and share my enormous bed where we don't have to touch each other. No, but even then I was like, how did they get so horny for each other so quickly? The proximity horn, I think. <laughs> but yeah, so the only one bed trope. There was the, you know, working together, mm-hmm. like, you know, co-workers and stuff and that kind of jealousy being around each other all the time. There was an element of that, like, being snowed in. The that, bottle episode. Yeah. Of, yeah. It was surprisingly, considering that, you know, they keep going on about this small town and this Kringles Crossing and stuff. There wasn't a lot of that, like, small town cutesy tropes that you get in a lot of these things where, like everyone knows each other and everyone's in their business and you can't walk anywhere without going past them because That's be- I think because they had this like forced proximity thing and then of course there's the my brother's best friend trope yeah and then you know married by new year yeah. which I've already expressed my frustration Feelings. with what other ones did you spot gay wrapping station obviously no oh, yeah my favorite <laughs> yeah. oh, I miss it no I think the this kind of this thing that is very typical of Hallmark, Hallmark movie romances of the hometown and someone coming back to the hometown yeah. and then finding what they were looking for all along in yeah, the hometown. Yeah, that's true. That's that important. was that was there, but obviously it was Atlas coming back and mm. Zeb was just there doing his thing, being Do- like, "Oh, I'm gaming, but I have to stay in Kringles Crossing." Kringles Crossing. <laughs> yeah. For reasons. For reasons. For um, seasons. <laughs> what tropes like? do you like from this kind of thing that you maybe didn't see? Because my, as mentioned, I really enjoy reading Christmas romances Mm -hmm. and romances in general. And I did not get what is one of my favourites, which is the person who absolutely fucking loves Christmas and Scrooge. (laughs) I got Scrooge, but no Scrooge. (laughs) 
So it's the festive grumpy sunshine. Yeah, I like festive grumpy sunshine. I also like the you've got mail of it all. You know, like the someone knows that someone is the love, the the person they've been thinking to online and then they meet and and it's mistaken identity, blah, blah, blah. I also like bookshops. (laughs) I love bookshops. There wasn't enough bookshop in this. There was no bookshop. There were no books. There were no books, no. I didn't get any wood chopping, which is not so much a trope as a feature. Yeah, usually someone owns a Christmas tree farm. Yeah. Yeah. There was no, oh, what was it? Christmas Eve fairy light Christmas tree chopping competition and gala event. Is that, is that a trope? Yes. They, there's a TikTok about it where it's literally in a Hallmark film where he says like this string Oh, oh no, I have seen it. Yes. Yeah, but yes. there is always like the the jingle the, ball yeah. or something. I mean, I literally read something, right? I recently read another Christmassy <laughs> romance. It wasn't a queer one, but it was yeah. called Snowflakes and Sparks, in which the premise is that she has to go to insert town name here that's probably called Snowglobeville or something <laughs> because they're famous for their snow globes. Yeah. Right? And so she sees her boyfriend that she had when she was 17 who like from the last time she went there and she'd crashed his truck into a bunch of snow globes and ruined this the christmas eve snow globe jingle ball and then she gets to save the jingle ball and there was a bookshop and he's a yoga teacher for reasons (laughs) and for the record my favorite part of this was also my least favorite part because there's there's a point where they each give each other a gift but like they obviously don't much like in this book they don't give it to them they find it later and they go oh is it, don't they know me so well that they yeah. got me this thing and again this town is famous for its snow globes famous for them yep and so as, she, as towns are yeah. yeah so she got him a snow globe and is like this is the perfect gift for him obviously and then she finds out that he also got her a snow globe and like isn't it crazy that they would have the same idea in the town famous for snow globes that they would each get each other a snow globe that's the um targeted ads of (laughs) it was like (laughs) i was like this was the clue that they were soulmates and i was like really god really that neither of you had an original thought in your dumb yeah, exactly. Yeah, great. But yeah, so there wasn't that like this is a Christmas town kind of necessarily no uh, tropage, which I do sometimes quite enjoy. Clearly, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there also wasn't any of that. I don't know. I didn't feel like, even though I do think they made a point of that they were made for each other. Whatever. It wasn't love at first sight, and it wasn't mm. second chance. Which are two very common tropes at this time of year, mm-hmm. which I guess I kind of enjoyed. And it wasn't kind of friends to lovers either. It was, no, no. It, and I, in a weird way, I know that I, you know, I know that they did the my brother's best friend, but it felt almost the most original version of that to me that I had seen. That it was almost just like you happen to know each other and you're suddenly yeah. seeing someone in a different light, which I really liked. But yeah, there were. There are many tropes that didn't happen, and I, w- I wanted more grumpy sunshine. <clears throat> did you think that they were executed particularly well, the tropes that did happen? I mean, I thought the one bed was a bit clumsy because there was no build-up. Mm. And the whole point with that, oh no, there's only one bed in the inn, is shit, we've been Tension. fighting these feelings for ages, and now... Mm. I wouldn't hold this up as a paragon of any of the tropes. No. But it did them fine. But it wasn't a bad book. Like, no, exactly. I think that's the thing. I think what saved it for me was that I felt like it did the brother's yeah. best friend thing yeah, really well. Exactly. In an interesting way that I hadn't necessarily seen before. Mm. But I agree that in terms of a festive romance, there's a particularly so good lucky. like snowball fight. But there wasn't even turkey. I mean, that's fine. I but... know turkey's not the best bit of that Christmas. But if you are writing a romance that has both Thanksgiving yeah. and Christmas yeah. in it, there should be at least one turkey. We're back to the food again, Kim. <laughs> Which is no bad thing. But I right. feel the way I feel, right? Well, especially for a book about fucking catering. Exactly. No food. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, it, it, it didn't... It didn't give enough in terms of either trope or innovation. It sat somewhere sort of in the middle. And I guess mm. if that's what you're looking for, then great. And we both enjoyed it. Yeah. But it did feel like it could be transplanted to any point of the year, which I think for a festive romance... Is a failing. I could, yeah, this could be a Halloween fall mm. romance. This could be a 
an Easter romance. This, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess that's the point of having seasons. The shop come, restaurant come, event space, spooge. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I was saying come too much. Maybe to we should up. start just saying spooge instead of come. <laughs> spooge with me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, spooch with me and you'll be <laughs> in the a world of shiny jizzy nonsense. <laughs> so, having discussed all the things you like in a holiday romance, all mm. the things you would rather not have, if you were to write a classic, let's say Hallmark, holiday romance story, what would it be about? Where would you set it? What would the tropes be? Who would the characters be? Pitch, mm. pitch it to me. Mm. Mm. I think now this is very rough but it would be in the English countryside because of course it would Mm -hmm. it would involve a cast of characters maybe staying at some kind of country house maybe like there's a Christmas wedding and they all happen to have to be there or they're in a they're in a country village Mm -hmm. you know visiting home or whatever but a cast of characters in a small slightly isolated country village I'm on the fence about whether or not there's murder. I was going to say to you, would there be like a mystery element because to it? Because I love a Christmas mystery exactly. and I yeah. love a Christmas romance. Yeah. So why not both? And then that adds the working together element and maybe the grumpy sunshine element of you have the amateur sleuth mm-hmm. who really wants the peppermint and the mulled wine and the, and the, and the goodness. And you have the, the serious sleuth who's like... No, but we have to be serious. And he's like, yeah, but it's also Christmas. And he's like, no, but it's serious. Which does lead me to sort of say, I, I really like modern festive romances, mm. I have to say. Mm. When I'm reading a Christmassy romance, I like it to be a modern one. I have read a couple of, and I love hist- historical fiction is my happy place, but I like the historical murder mysteries. So the question of whether this would be in the like the 20s or modern... Yeah, into war. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, that's when all the murder was happening. Um, well, it was happening either side as well. But had to bump those people off somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I there's a question of where it would be set. But I think probably because we're speaking specifically about romance, not mystery, I would lean more to a modern story. If there was a murder mystery, it would be very mild, very cosy. But yeah, isolated Christmas time manor house some kind of festivity like a like you know like a carol concert or something that is the culmination of everything i don't care about who the main people are as long as one of them is grumpy and one of them is sunshine as i said i for some reason really enjoy reading queer romances at this time of year so i would like it to be a queer romance but also i like to put myself in it and you know as a mostly not queer person a sprinkling a dusting (laughs) a frosting of gay frosting of gay and yeah i guess i would not have or i would prefer not to have not talking about your feelings as the main reason why things fall apart Mm. i'd rather it be like do you like some yearning I'd like a bit of yearning it would be a slow burn it wouldn't be 20 percent sexy time it would be at least 60 percent sexy time okay because I like a bit of yearning. I like a bit of a slow burn. I like staring at each other across a room and wearing ugly jumpers. Um, so specific. So Bridget Jones. But yes. Yeah, and, and and like I say, minty chocolate <clears throat> and mulled wine and food. Give mm. me the food. So I'm thinking maybe like the chef at a country hotel. Okay. Or like sous chef at a country hotel. And someone is poisoned and or murdered and she's cleared of being a suspect because she, I don't know, had the flu or something that night. But she wants to clear the name of the hotel. So she teams up with the grumpy person and he's like, how can you be so sure that the maitre d' didn't do it? And she's like, because I've known him since we were kids. And then there's that kind of like, oh, maybe he's maybe she's in love with the maitre d'. Mm-hmm maybe that's the issue that stops them from getting together but actually she's not and then they have a conversation about it and then they catch the murderer and someone's in peril and he saves her life and then they all have a really good feast nice i like that away in a murder perfect done perfect (laughs) sold yes what about you it's difficult isn't it because i don't i'm not a christmas person Mm -hmm. so 
trying to holidays are about more than just Christmas. Holidays, no, holidays are about more than just Christmas, and also obviously the, there are other faiths that celebrate in this end of the year as well. But I am not familiar with Hanukkah. I'm not familiar with Diwali in the same way that I am with Christmas and and, and other celebrations as well. I think rather than being specifically Christmas focused, it would have to be like a winter romance. Yule. Yule. But something involving snow. There'd be mm-hmm. snow. Solstice. Like, so a grumpy writer goes on retreat to the Highlands in the snow, wants to write their next bestseller, but mm-hmm. can't get it right, meets hunter lady or, mm-hmm. or man out on the hills. Romance. Like something like that, I romance think. Yeah. Yeah. Would you do Highland a romance. would you do a Snowden Force Proximity thing? Yeah, I think so. Like because yeah. I could see that working really well where yeah. he's booked a cottage for the holidays to write on his novel uh, yeah. and someone else has booked the same cottage and then they both arrive at the same time because there's yeah. been a mix up and they're like, Oh crap, well I guess you know, like yeah. uh, we'll sort this out in the morning but it's late and then they yeah. get snowed in overnight. I'm not thinking Fox Force Proximity in house i'm thinking snowed into a cave dido and aeneas situation nice we must snuggle together for warmth oh no you're inside me you're inside me oh no how he wouldn't say that maybe he did who knows we never saw what happened in the in the springs <laughs> but like something like that i think because then there's also kind of it sounds like miserable but there's like an, you could do some bleakness in that mm. you could do some like weathering heightiness would you um, have like a magical would it be fey it could be. I wasn't thinking of that, but I think that would fit quite well, mm. possibly. Yeah, one of the folk find you. Mm. Yeah, that mm. would work. We're so, in claim yeah. to our strengths here. Mm. <laughs> Enjoy mm. this. Yeah. And I imagine being a very small cast of characters as mm. well. Like, Yeah, but they would find moments of joy and maybe, you know, not northern lights, but some kind of spectacular nighttime light display. Yeah, yeah. shooting stars. Shooting stars. Fireflies, there aren't fireflies in Scotland, but something. There's me a G's. There's me a G's. Yeah, that's what that's what I would do. Nice. So not not like mistletoe and murder, but yeah. I've read that book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> More genuine. Yeah, no, I'm not, I, I, when I said it, I was like, I'm sure that exists. I'm sure I've seen it. It's in my house. And you're on Goodreads, yeah. So, so nice. two very different romances, yeah, I think. Yeah, trademarks. I would read both. I would read both. Yeah. I feel like... Mine would be like a Christmas Eve one, mm. like the the kind that you might read on Christmas Eve, like when you're peak cozy. Yeah. Whereas yours is kind of like early December, like yeah, getting, getting into, into it, yeah. like nestling or in. like or you know post. how there's the traditional Boxing Day creepy story. Yeah. Like there might be a bit of that as well in the taint, like a in the taint in the gooch, the Christmas gooch, like your Hound of the Baskervilles. But I think I'm getting away probably from romance a bit. But you could have. Some spoop in there. Not I spoop. feel like a good spoop. You know what? Actually, I think that's a fair point. Is I don't think that there are enough spooky festive romances. It's yeah, niche. So what we're saying is, any festive romance needs to have a side of intrigue or mystery or it needs something. A bite. It, it needs, needs a an depth offset or a bite or an offset, and it needs to have some of those classic Christmas moments mm. that I think that this book and I think we're kind of heading towards ratings now yeah agreed so we have a wine to rate we have a book to rate yeah Kim would you like to go first with the I would Michael wine I would love to go first with the Marshall Richard Lemoux Cremant de Lemoux fizzy wine off of Naked Wines yep Naked Wines <laughs> I very much enjoyed this it was nice to have a Cremant over a Prosecco I think that it adds to the kind of soft glow feeling of the season and making it something a bit special I think this is a really nice quite special I can I, you know it's intended really to serve a, a, a gathering and it probably is the one that I would have served at a drinks and nibbles party or something like that so I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a four. Nice. Five. I'm going to give it a four because I hmm. I think just because I, I think maybe if I plucked it up any other time, it might be a 3.5 as, as like a good solid, mm-hmm. better than your average fizz. But because it was in a Christmas box for a Christmas episode, it really fits the vibe. So I'm going to yeah. give it a four. How about you? Cool. Yeah, great choice. Yeah, I think this was a good pick for today's episode. It was very nice. I the thing is though, I don't think it's memorable. I don't 
think that when I'm thinking of fizzy good make feel nice in wines, this will be one that springs to mind. So for that reason, I'm going to go 3.5 because I think it was good, but it won't stick in my mind. But that might be because it was too potent. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. But yeah, 3.5. Fair enough. And what about the book, which once again is Catered All the Way by Annabeth Albert? Double A. Yes. So I I enjoyed it. It's exactly what you... If you want a holiday romance with queer characters, great. Perfect. Small town vibes. Mm. 0.5. 3.5. Yeah. Yeah. I think I completely agree with you. I... When I rated it... When you rate things on Goodreads, like, you can't do the 0.5. Mm. And it always really annoys me because sometimes I have to t- decide whether it's... A 3.5 that I mark as a 3 or a 3.5 that I mark as a 4. And I am denied about which, but I knew that it was a 3.5. I knew that it was better than, like, I enjoyed it more than some books that I've read that are 3 where I'm like, meh. You know, like, I'll think about this. Gave me the warm fuzzies and other things. (laughs) And I enjoyed it. And and I did highlight things other than Spooge that I enjoyed (laughs) because I did think it articulated certain things really well. There was a line about that reality sucked dressing up the truth in navy blue didn't make it hurt less and i i often one of the things that i often say is you can feel two things you can feel like it hurts for you but you also understand why it's happening or like you can be angry but also completely compassionate and understand ambivalent some might say yeah Yeah. but it's it's more than ambivalent it's feeling two things at the same time being like i can be compassionate and understanding but i can also be pissed off yeah and and i i liked that so i think that there was there's a lot to resonate in this i i really appreciated how it did certain things the the questions about consent the the trope about the best friend's brother i did just think that i found so many parts of it quite jarring and it didn't do christmas enough and i think that it had, <laughs> if it had done more christmas i would have gotten over the jarring Mm-hmm. And giving it a four, but it didn't. So three point five for me as well, which is a pretty damn good rating, I think, for a <laughs> two hundred and fifty page two hundred and fifty page random purchase of a holiday Kindle book. Yeah, yeah, good work. Yeah. And the previous book that she wrote, that I think is the one that's being referenced here, is the Geek Who Saved Christmas. So if us talking about this you were like this sounds great <laughs> then she has more for you to to check out looking at the bibliography at the front there's a shit ton she is prolific yeah which respect yeah which, which fair play annabeth Al- and that is a wrap on our last episode of 2023 ah. we are going to take a bit of time off mm-hmm. so we'll be back with a new episode it will release for you sometime in February mm-hmm. that's when we'll be back we're going to take some time off to recharge recharge eat some mince pies read some books do some do some fun get into the new year and find maybe our do f- dry January see how we go yeah, <laughs> yeah. find our footing that sort yep. of thing we hope you have a lovely festive period and we hope you have a lovely January and mm-hmm. that your new year brings you all sorts of lovely blessings yes Happy 2024 to all of you lovely listeners. Thank you for sticking with us. And we'll see you very, very soon. Bye.